Hello everyone, and welcome to an episode of the Game Luster podcast. I'm your host today, Christine, and today I am joined by Austin. Hello. And Sean. Hey. And today we're going to do a staff recommendation of a few games that we think other people really should go out and play if they haven't gotten the chance yet. But before that, we're going to jump right into our currently playing. So today, why don't we start off with Austin? Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're currently playing? Yeah, uh, the only thing I've really been playing lately is Elder Scrolls Online. I actually just jumped into it after about a three-year hiatus. Um, I bought the Morrowind... I, I don't know if it's an expansion, but... I bought the Morrowind pack and I pre-ordered the uh, Somerset expansion and I'm just, I'm trying to go through as much as I can, but as everyone knows, an MMO is a huge time sink, but I have to say I'm having a blast with it. Like I love MMOs and I just, as a critic, it's hard for me to find complaints with Elder Scrolls Online, even though I know a lot of people have problems with it. Um... I'm just trying to take in all the lore, the atmosphere, uh, the music is amazing, The uh, my character, I'm loving him, he's a vampire now, <laughs> which is funny. Um, yeah, you have to get another player to turn you into a vampire, which I think is really cool. Oh, that is um, interesting. And then your appearance starts to change, so my high elf isn't a pretty boy anymore. <laughs> um, Are... Yeah, go ahead. I was going to ask, are you playing it with people you already knew are playing it, or are you jumping in more solo? No, I'm doing it solo. Um, in World of Warcraft, when I played, I tended to be a guild guy, but um, for Elder Scrolls Online, I'm more interested in just kind of doing the solo content, which you certainly yeah. can do with this game. Um, you know, By no means do you have to do dungeons and raiding or anything like that uh you don't even have to join a guild to have fun in my opinion right now i'm just trying to uh get my skills up to date and uh just figure out what's going on take in everything um but yeah i mean it's it's been great so far i've put about 10 15 hours into it um since i started delete I didn't delete my old character. I just stopped playing him and started a brand new character. So it's basically a fresh start for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Elder Scrolls Online has kind of eluded me for a while just because and with every experience I have with an MMORPG, I tend to bounce off them very quickly just because I don't go in with anyone I know and I don't do a very good job of meeting people on those games to continue playing with. But But what I have heard about Elder Scrolls Online is that there's some interesting lore in there and that just playing it by yourself, you actually kind of get another chunk of the elder Scrolls universe. And that even if you have no intention of, of, you know, like what you're getting at dungeoning and raiding and all of that, it's still actually really worthy use of your time. If you're into the franchise. Oh yeah. You can go in, you can go into it, playing it like, you know, Skyrim, Oblivion, Morrowind, just, um, completely solo if you're a lore guy like me you know there's tons of that there um you don't need friends at all (laughs) in my opinion (laughs) and 
I don't think I know anybody that actually plays it, so uh, I'm kind of out of luck in that, but it doesn't really affect me. Okay, and are you on PC or console? I'm on PC. I think that's okay. probably the... I, I can't imagine playing a MMO on console, but sure. I mean, apparently it's pretty popular on console, so some people are making it work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm a bit curious how, like, kind of circling back a bit, but I can't help but think of it. How did you get someone to turn you into a vampire? Like, did you just, like, go out and be like, um, hey, anybody online right now want to bite me? Or, like, how does That's one go like about exactly that? exactly it. Oh, my Well, God. actually, there's, there's a subreddit I tried first called... ESO bite me and <laughs> you can you can have people either turn you into a vampire or a werewolf and um, that didn't work so I was just asking in the zone chat every once in a while to see if anybody would offer to turn me into a vampire and one good Samaritan he uh, brought me to a place and made my guy <laughs> scream and, and then he said have fun and I did a little quest line and became a vampire wow Flew off into the night. So, of course, that subreddit exists, first of, of course. all. <laughs> of course. I wish I could just do that in real life. <laughs> just, like, start posting on a board or, like, screaming and then have it actually work. Because <laughs> I'm sure there are probably boards where people will pretend to turn you a vampire. But it would be, it'd be kind of nice if life was that simple. MMO life, yeah. you just walk out and be like, I want to be immortal and very strong. And they'd be like, oh, okay. Let me just pop in and do that. <laughs> there are certainly boards you could post that to, and there are certainly people who would bite you. Yeah. Like, actually, as yeah, to whether or not you become a vampire, you know, that's a little bit um, up for debate. Yeah. So it's yet to be seen, but. <laughs> I'm sure you could get half of that done, but not the part that I would actually yeah. want out of that deal. Not the important half, just yeah. the the one that's yeah. Yeah. Now, I also think that there are vampire and werewolf only guilds in the game. So, uh, I also saw like racial exclusive uh, guilds. It's it's interesting the community, and by mm. racial I mean like you know orc or dark elf or something like that oh, just okay. nothing but those um also i have to say the the community is pretty great so far pretty friendly oh, i mean good. they gave me a free bite after all yeah i was gonna offer him a tip but he just ran away before i could do anything <laughs> <laughs> he just left before he could pay him he doesn't he doesn't write he doesn't call like yeah no. <laughs> you know weirdly enough if you guys are familiar with other scrolls he was an argonian Normally, I don't associate them with vampires, but mm. there's that. Huh. A lizard vampire. Interesting. Very. Um, well, let's see. For me, I'm currently playing something, but I think I'm going to quit it soon because I'm getting way too annoyed. Um, anyone who listens to the podcast would know when they announced the Harry Potter game... Uh, we did one, we were like, oh, I really hope that it's good. I hope that there's no stupid energy limit like most mobile games. And then mm. there's that exact thing happened, and I was just so disappointed. <laughs> and I was trying to play it anyways out of pure stubbornness. Like, no, I'm going to try to make this work, and I'm going to try to play it. But I just I just don't know if I can do it any longer. I'm, I'm so done with it, because... 
Uh, I don't know if either of you have tried it at all or know someone who has, but you basically can't even finish one task with the amount of energy they give you like per couple hours. And there's in very early in the game, you're being strangled and <laughs> it's like, you're trying to escape and it's like, you're out of energy. Do you want to pay money or wait an hour? And I'm just staring at my character dying. Like, I guess I'll wait <laughs> and just exit yeah, out and do I something that. else. Yeah. That's like the only thing I know about it. And it just, it's enough to turn me away. Yeah. So, I mean, I was, I was kind of stoked for it. The animation's not as great. I mean, that's, that's kind of a cliche in games is it's not usually as great as it looks in the trailer. So I wasn't setting myself up that much as far as quality of how it looked, but there's the obvious complaint is the energy limit. But I think even if they got rid of that, there's a lot of glitches, there's a lot of problems and I'm having a difficult time because they advertised it like, oh, you're making the decisions. It's you going to Hogwarts. But the options they give you, I wouldn't choose any of those myself. So it's really hard. It was hard for me to get into it anyways before I came into the energy limit because I was like, I wouldn't do any of these things if I was in school. I wouldn't respond in any of these options to the questions someone asked me. So I don't know. I didn't feel like... It's it can be personalized enough and it's like, oh, you're just you just have to be this rule breaker, mischievous person, which I'm like, if I was in school, like, to be honest, I would not be that kind of person. I was very follow the rules, put my head down, like keep my head down and study. So having to play somebody like that, but them trying to act like it's me, it feels like this weird alternate version of myself that I dislike. So I don't know, hmm. not to bring everyone down, but I was playing that. And then I, I was like, nah, I'm just going to go back and like play some more breath of the wild. Cause I don't have time for this. So, yeah, I mean, there's kind of the caveat when any game is made off of a license that carries the popularity that something like Harry Potter does, there's not necessarily much incentive to actually create a product that would yeah. be good on its own, right? It's too easy to rely on the uber popularity of Harry Potter. So it's kind of easy to get burnt in that way, I guess. It, am I imagining things, or is or did is Niantic, did they develop this game, or is it someone else? Um, I think it's like Port Key Games and a couple other ones who did it, as far as I remember. Okay, gotcha. I thought I remember seeing something about Niantic eventually doing an AR. By Jam City. Jam City, Inc. Oh, okay. Yeah, they made, what, Family Guy mobile game, <laughs> a bunch of, uh, well, let's just say nothing I'd play. Yeah. Hmm. Their, their uh, repertoire isn't amazing. Um, it was developed by Jam City, but yeah, I feel like it was just this, oh, look, there's Snape. And that's not enough for me to want to play a game. Like, I will read the books yeah. or watch the movie in that case. Or I'd rather play a game where I play one of the characters, but not some weird version of myself. And also, when I was trying to put in my name, it was rejecting and not letting me put in certain names. And I was like, oh, okay. What? And it's not, I wasn't like even 
putting in anything weird, just putting in a last name and it's like, nope. So who knows? It's, it had its charm when it was about to launch, but it vanished very quickly. So just went back to playing more Breath of the Wild instead and I'm still having a wonderful time as I slowly make my way through that world. You know, this surprises me. I'm looking at the reviews right now and it has a 4.7 out of 5 on the <laughs> iPhone store. And I've seen nothing but like disdain for this game just because of everything you described. Yet all these reviews are saying, you know, it's great and everything. So do you think it's just it's not for us because we're more the hardcore gamer crowd. Do you think it's more for really casual gamers and children or is it truly a bad game? Filthy casuals. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's people who just love the concept so much that they're willing to see past everything else. And it's like, I'm so happy to have a game about, harry potter on my phone and like that's the factor for them but i don't i don't know like i saw that too i'm like looking at it i'm like looking up stuff on the game like oh i i can't be the only one right and it's like it got like five stars i'm like are you kidding me (laughs) everyone i have talked to has hated it so far so who is giving it the good reviews like it has to be people who are just really love Harry Potter, but I don't want to, like, put them down in any way and, like, make that assumption, because I know people who love Harry Potter who hate it, so maybe it's, like, a bunch of little kids who are just used to energy limit games who don't care. I don't even know. It's an enigma. Yeah. Maybe they just paid everybody. (laughs) Please don't sue me. Stay woke. (laughs) Okay, well, let's move on to Sean. So what are you currently playing then? Hopefully something good. Yeah, I am playing something good. I am playing something... Well, I've been recently getting back into something that I've spent maybe eight months or so playing off and on because of its length and how much there is to it. But uh, Persona 5 is is what I've been trying to jump back into. I, I got the game when it first came out. And since then have put about 60 or so hours in, (laughs) but it just has a way of not ending. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. As much as I hate to say it, it almost feels like I'm wanting to finish it now out of obligation rather than an actual interest in what's going on. And I I think the biggest thing contributing to that is, is my engagement level with the characters of Persona 5. In comparison to the what what I felt when I played through Persona Four, where I really enjoyed the whole cast and I really enjoyed their interactions, I don't feel that as much in Persona Five. And I think, actually, with Three, Four, and Five all following a pretty similar structure, I think like the formula is starting to to be a little rote, at least for me. You know, Persona Five, the way it gift wraps everything is so fantastic. The style has already been talked about. Um, to the point where I don't have to discuss that too much. Mm-hmm. You know, the the presentation of it is phenomenal. But what's actually there, like, underneath all of it is just kind of another reskin of 3 and 4 to me with some different themes. But there's a lot of the same tropes there. And I understand that's partially the appeal of it, right? Like, 
yeah the the tropes coming back but with a slight twist on them and whatever but as much as i like the combat the core combat as much as i still like the confidant system and building those social links and how that impacts you on the battlefield I, I i think there's a reason that i haven't been able to or that i haven't felt personally incentivized to getting through it as you know at the fervor i did with the other with three and four mm-hmm. and i don't know i know there's a lot of different opinions on that i know a lot of people consider five their their favorite of the series so i don't know if it's just a, a personal I mean, I'm sure it's just a matter of personal opinion. I'm sure, you know, certain character arcs resonate with certain people more. And maybe in my specific case, Persona 4's mood, its atmosphere was a little bit more enticing to me um, compared to 5. But uh, yeah, I I think I'm on the 6th or the 7th of the 8 or 9 palaces. So I am approaching the end now and and hope to, to finish that just to see you know, how everything closes out because I've somehow still managed to avoid spoilers. So, you know, a lot of it is a mystery to me. No, that's good. Yeah. I was going to say, I just think those games, like you said, it's kind of subjective. So like, which one is your favorite, which one appeals to you most? It has nothing to do with like, which one is actually the best. I think it's just very up to the person. And like you said, what appeals to them? Well, I've never played Persona, so (laughs) this is all new. Oh, really? Yeah. Are you much of a JRPG guy in general? Um, I didn't really grow up with him. I'm, I'm a big Fire Emblem fan, and that's, is that kind of JRPG-ish? I hesitate to say it's yeah. a JRPG, but, I mean, it has those elements to it. Right, uh, yeah, stylistically for sure. I mean, definitely, yeah. But it's kind of a weak spot of mine when it comes to video games. Yeah, I think I remember you saying something kind of like that. Oh, in a previous podcast, I think this came up too. I think Mike was playing Persona 5, and I'm like, oh, I don't know anything about it. Yeah. For a long time, well, I guess in some ways I still consider them my favorite genre, and I've played quite a few of them. And I think the more you play, the easier it is to grow tired of just how much is shared in between each one. Because, there, you know, there is a lot of redundancy within the genre. And I think, you know, Persona in a lot of ways is more different than a lot of you know, the series that still kind of rely on the same tropes over and over. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I just had a power outage. Oh, <laughs> oh really? Yeah, the entire building went out for a minute there, so. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, okay. Um, that is funny. Whatever you were saying before I suddenly disappeared, I guess. You were, I think you were saying something when you disconnected. I can't yeah. remember. What were you talking about? Um, oh, I was... I, so I was saying how I think the games are really subjective. Yeah, and I think that's probably what the case is here, you know. And, and you know, a lot of it probably has to do with the fact that it is the third one I've played. I mean, there are Persona 1 and 2, but, like, a f- the, the formula really kind of shifted, you know, with 3 being the first one. And there's been quality of life changes in between and all that. But I, I think there was a lot of people who played five is you know there's just kind of that nostalgia factor like the first experience you have with something is probably going to be more more often held dear to you than the subsequent ones and that's not always the case but i i I do think it is and you see it a lot with stuff like final fantasy like the first one that people play is a lot of the times it's their favorite one because it formulated their initial opinions and you know the farther back something is the more fondly i think 
we tend to look at them, especially when it comes to entertainment and stuff that maybe we consumed as a child or as we were younger before we became, you know, cynical to the idea that, you know, like these ideas aren't as original as I once thought they were. And they're, you know, uh, redundant in some ways. They're very played out. And yeah, so I've had, yeah, I hope to finish that one soon. And the, the other, only other game probably worth mentioning is, well, it's a game I'm about to start playing, actually, and this is somewhat of a, a plug here. Uh, when this podcast <laughs> releases, I have, I'm have i not exactly sure how deep I will be on it, but I am going to uh, play through Ocarina of Time. I'm going to try and do a three-heart run Yeah. without dying. Ooh, that's, yeah. that's a test. I'm super excited for that. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> However, we end up doing it. Um, I'm I'm definitely excited to see it, though. Yeah. See, I, I it's been a while since I've played Ocarina of Time, so I don't exactly remember how hard it is. I don't remember it being hard, <laughs> but I also have never done the three heart stipulation. Yeah. Nor have restarted, you know, at the beginning. So I'm hoping it'll add kind of a new. Because otherwise, I don't know if I'd really want to play it again. So this kind of adds a new twist to it. And it's always fun to revisit. It's a very uh, important game to me. You know, one of my favorites mm-hmm. of all time. So it'll be exciting to see. Uh, you can watch it on Twitch or YouTube or whatever. Yeah. It'll be on soon enough. The details, you know, forthcoming, I suppose. Yeah. Keep an eye out for details about that because I think it's going to be fun. Ah, sounds great. So... Uh, after going through what we are currently playing, basically we're going to just spend a little bit of time in this podcast because so many people um, in the Game Luster community or staff, I should say, have games and we always recommend to each other, oh, you should play this, you should check this out. And I thought maybe this time we can just open it up on the podcast, any game someone thought of and was like, you know, I really wish more people would have played this, or I enjoyed this, or this is my favorite game, whatever it might be, just a time to sort of recommend games to people that you don't usually get to bring up in conversation or anything like that. So we're going to loop back around again to Austin. So what game would you want to recommend? So there's a couple in the series, but if I had to choose one game for just about anybody to play, you know, play this before you die, mm-hmm. play an Animal Crossing game. Oh, yeah. I it's, it's a series that I think you could lose yourself into. Uh, anybody could, really. I think that if you pick it up, uh, be be you a shooter fan, an RPG fan, somebody super hardcore about games. I think there's still something in Animal Crossing that appeals to you, even though it's super cutesy and you know probably not, um, probably not very mainstream. Although I know it's very popular, um, Animal Crossing. And if I had to choose one, I would say choose uh, the most recent one. Pocket Camp. New Leaf on the 3DS. Yes. No, I forgot about that one. <laughs> yeah, you know, okay, so the thing about Pocket Camp is it's also pretty good, but mm-hmm. and it captures the charm really well, but I guess I should say in the main series, <laughs> yeah. New Leaf, um, Pocket Camp, you know, that could be a good starter. 
Yeah. I wouldn't say it's like mm-hmm. a true sure. Animal Crossing game, but maybe maybe that's just me. Um, Gateway drug. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just get a little taste. You know, really, it is, though. It gives you... I really liked Pocket Camp. I deleted it eventually just because I stopped playing it uh, and needed more space, but it has the, you know, the fruit gathering, the paying off your loans, and... Okay, that doesn't sound very exciting, but trust me, <laughs> you just... If you haven't played it, you have to try it for yourself. Um, yeah. And you'll probably soon get addicted if if you're anything like me. Hmm. Or me. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's so charming. Like Oh yeah. It is so charming. It's so relaxing and the characters are so unique and lovable and I feel like people are kind of off put to like, oh, it's a bunch of like cutesy animals or something. But I feel like it's a game basically anyone could enjoy if they just gave it a chance. Definitely. It's therapeutic. Yeah. It really is. Like you could have a horrible day, but just play Animal Crossing and your day will be so much better. Mm-hmm. So if you were to... Do you have one, I should say, that is your favorite? Like, if you were to recommend a specific Animal Crossing that was your favorite instead of just the series. You mentioned maybe the DS one, the recent one, but is that your top choice or are there any others that you would recommend? Well, I play them all and I have fond memories with each of them, but... Um, I think you'd have to go with New Leaf on the 3DS just because it has all the features that made Animal Crossing good. Mm-hmm. It's it's basically like the culmination of all the good elements, like the city <laughs> from uh, City Folk. Um, what else? It's been a while since I played it, but like I, I considered it probably the best when I picked it up. I just like yeah, it has so much to do. Mm-hmm. Um, compared to the others, even though all the others still are a considerable time sink. Um, you know, it'd be hard to go back to the GameCube one yeah. because it's just dated now. Um, Wild World on the DS is pretty decent, but you'll probably have a hard time finding that as well. Yeah. Um, but I, I know for certain that New Leaf is the easiest to get, and it's probably the most accessible for people. So, yeah. Oh, and it, it looks great. I'm I'm really hoping that they'll announce one for the Switch soon. I think I kind of echo everybody else who loves the series. Oh, yeah. So it's my big hope that maybe this E3 or maybe later this year they'll announce an Animal Crossing for the Switch because I think that would be wonderful. I mean, it's the perfect on-the-go game. Yeah. And with Switch's portability, it'd be silly not to do that. I don't know if it'd be this year, but I definitely expect it to come because, um, like, it, when you're making your Switch profile, they have icons for Animal Crossing characters. Mm-hmm. If that's not a teaser, then I don't know what <laughs> is. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm really hoping for that, but that's a great recommendation. Yeah, I think it's it's totally one of those games where it's like, I'm feeling really stressed, I need a moment to play some Animal Crossing, guys. 
and you just like churn. my landlord needs payment sorry <laughs> <laughs> when you're when you're behind on your loans in real life and you go on there and you're behind on your loans in the video game world yeah that's what i was gonna say <laughs> like, <laughs> you're hassled by your real landlord so i'm going to escape and be harassed by a raccoon landlord instead <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at least then i can like yell at him and he can't hear me you know uh, sure. <laughs> i love tom nook <laughs> I, a kind of a anecdote here. I remember when I was looking up villains for a previous podcast, and I was like, "Oh, I'm just gonna look at a couple lists to make sure I didn't forget someone." And they had him listed as one of the top video game villains yeah, of all time. I saw that too. I saw that too. Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> I was, I was actually considering mm-hmm. putting him there, yeah, or maybe an honorable mention, but it just feels wrong. I mean, he's. Yeah. He's a well-meaning guy. Mm-hmm. He's just trying to make a living, you know? Yeah, he's just trying to get by. His sons, on the other hand. Tom Nook for Smash? <laughs> oh, yes. Ooh. Oh, I'd be down for Smash that. needs more villains. That's true. Hell yeah. <laughs> I, hope, I hope that is another E3 announcement. Yeah, that's then... the only E3 announcement they need. Tom Nook confirmed for Smash. Oh, yeah, they'd win. They'd win E3. It's like, and you win. Yeah, his final smash is foreclosing your home. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Amazing. Well, <laughs> let me think. So I was trying to figure out which one I wanted to recommend. And, of course, when you play lots of games and you have a bunch you like, it's hard to pick one. But I thought of one that I don't talk about often but had a big impact on me. And I adore this game. Uh, and that game is Transistor by Supergiant Games. And mm, that's a good pick. Yeah, it's, it is a wonderful game. Uh, it's the same people who made Bastion and Pyre. Mm-hmm. And I originally played it on the PlayStation. And then I went... I, it was my brother's copy. I played it on the PlayStation. I stayed up, like, all night so I could finish it before I had to leave. And then I went and found that it was actually in Steam as well, so that I bought it on Steam and then played through it on my computer afterwards. So, And I actually bought the bundle that came with the soundtrack because the soundtrack is so gorgeous in this, in this game that I wanted to just listen to it constantly. So I ended up buying the bundle with the soundtrack and everything. Uh, I think the story is great. I cried a lot at the ending of this game. And I love the main character. You know, you have Red, who's the singer. You have a huge talking sword. And you're fighting all these enemies, going through these puzzles. Just, I, I don't know. I just love everything about it. I love the art and the music and the characters and the story. And it had a very, like, emotional impact on me. And I'm the type of person who I watch Titanic and don't shed a tear. And so for me to just be, like, sobbing when I finished this game was a really big deal for me. I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting older. (laughs) Yeah, so I, I highly recommend it. And I've played it on both. I think it's it works just fine on both, whether you want to play it on PlayStation or PC. But, yeah, if you haven't played it and you're into giant sword RPGs or just, like, a good story, go out and get it. It's 
not that expensive and it's also not that long, but you can replay it. It has really good replayability. And so after I finished it, I went through and played it again and again on the same profile as the difficulty just went up and the stakes got higher and I just kept replaying it on loop. And I don't really do that often with games either. Usually I'm like, okay, I finished it. I'm done. Completed everything. But with this one, I just kept going back. Yeah, my experience with the game is kind of weird. Um, I picked it up and I played it and I didn't beat it. I didn't really get into it. And then I played Pyre when that came out, which is also fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went back and played Transistor, and I like, I found a new appreciation for it. I went through it, I beat it. Um, the music, especially, is phenomenal. I have it on one of my playlists on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Um, the gameplay was super unique. Like at, at first, my first playthrough, I didn't really understand it, but I'm glad I went back and played it. And it's definitely a good pick. Yeah, it's the combat is super unique and interesting and like you said like at first you're kind of maybe you might be a little off put it's kind of new but when you get into it it's a really fun system i like how they did it and also the um voice acting is phenomenal so oh yeah everything about it it's incredibly immersive and the artwork is amazing so highly recommend this one to everybody basically (laughs) So let's see, then all we have left is Sean's recommendation. So what game do you want to recommend today? So I was trying to think of something that maybe hasn't been played by that many people, and I'm not exactly sure just how many went through this one, but my recommendation is actually uh, Dark Cloud 2 for the PlayStation 2. Interesting. I don't... Yeah, I don't know if either of you two have played Dark Cloud 2. No, I haven't. Not. I haven't even heard of it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so Dark Cloud 2 is the is obviously the sequel to Dark Cloud 1, and it's a PlayStation 2 era Japanese RPG. So I guess like describing what Dark Cloud 2 is about is a little bit difficult because what makes it great is how it brings together so many different subsystems. So the the core of the game is you and a party of others are navigating this torn apart world. And as you go to each new location, your task is to repair a destroyed town, a destroyed area. And you do that by proceeding through these dungeons and acquiring pieces like so you'll run through a procedurally generated dungeon and you'll acquire these things called geospheres and these geospheres give you options in a town building mechanic so basically you're going the, the gameplay loop is you going through these procedurally generated dungeons acquiring these geospheres and gradually acquiring more and more ability to build back these towns that are Um, at the start completely desolate so the the core combat is is fun you know it's a product of its time so it's not perfect but it's a live act or not live action what's the word uh the opposite of turn-based it's um, yeah it's a real time yeah it's a real-time combat system 
Um, yeah, and then so the other subsystems, so weapon upgrading is a huge part of it. Your grind through these procedurally generated dungeons gives you different elements, and then these elements configure in different ways to upgrade your weapons into different pathways. Um, there's a recruiting mechanic where in the game's sort of hub world, in the main character's hometown, you can recruit people from that hometown to come with you on your journey and they can come and they can become a shopkeeper in this new town you're building that's so cool yeah Yeah, sound great actually um and then there's fishing is a, a big part of it and then also um a photography mechanic so his the main character's uncle i believe is a mechanic and so is the main character kind of by trade so if you take pictures of things if you take pictures of let's say like a lamp post and a garbage can like there's hundreds of these recognizable things like if you take a picture using the game's camera function it'll recognize it like you took a picture of this item if you have the appropriate combinations you are then able to make things from that and these inventions can be tied to side quests these inventions can be weapons these inventions can be quality of life things in your built villages. So there's just so much going on, but all of it is woven together very coherently. Mm. So e- even if you're just going through the game, going through the dungeons, rebuilding the towns, like that core experience is, is very good. But then when you add all of the other stuff to do and, and how it naturally fits in with what's going on, just becomes this really kind of ambitiously scoped game i think and it's a very i think it's an underlooked one perhaps it's mm-hmm. uh critically it's it's done well it's i think it's sitting around a 90 on metacritic or whatever um sales wise i'm not sure but it is uh currently available as a ps2 classic on the ps4 Ooh, very nice then Definitely, yeah, definitely one of the games that sticks out to me from my childhood. And and it's one that's held up mostly as I've returned to it. The graphics are that Tales of Symphonia-style cell shading that really holds up, you know, extremely well, even with modern scrutiny. So just overall really good package, and it's really hard to to do it justice in a verbal-only explanation. But (laughs) if you have any interest in any of that, it's definitely worth checking out or exploring further because it's a very unique um awesome effort from level five who um you know the the makers of dragon quest eight and nino kuni and rogue galaxy and other games like that those are those are all things that appeal to me so yeah you should check it out sell it very well it sounds appealing to me even as somebody who's not too used to jrpgs Yeah, yeah give it a look check out a youtube video of it and it might sell you. Awesome. Yeah, I think I am definitely interested in, because that one's new to me, so definitely want to go out and get that. So, great recommendation. Can you find my Amazon affiliate link? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that about wraps it up then. So we've all recommended something. I hope all of you out there listening, maybe one of these... At least one of them is new to you and you can go out and play it. Maybe revisit one that we recommended that you haven't played in a while. 
And let's just go through and list where people can find you online or any final shout outs you want to give, starting with Austin. Uh, you can still find me on GameLuster.com. I just graduated, so I'm trying to figure out my life right now. Uh, but for now, you can you can always check there and uh, see what else I have coming out. Yeah, check out his articles. Let's go to Sean next. Sweet. Yeah, you can find me on at Twitter at uh, Quirky Argonian if you wish to, for whatever reason, do that. <laughs> um, anything else? You know, I, I briefly mentioned Tales of Symphonia when I was talking about cel-shaded graphics. That's actually a game I was considering mentioning as my recommendation. It's a a very good JRPG and a very good introduction to the Tales franchise. So yeah. if you have a PC, you can also get it. It is on Steam now, and it is a good port of the game. It is a wonderful game. I love that one. Yes. Cool. So you can follow Game Luster online all over the place, and you can find me under the same handle everywhere, too. Well, my same handle everywhere. So that would be Kimchi Christie, K-I-M-C-H-I-K-R-I-S-T-Y. And be sure to find us online and let us know if you play any of these games you recommended or if you have any you want to recommend to us. You can either, you know, message straight to one of us or just to Game Luster in general and we'll make sure to check that out. So thank you everybody so much for listening today. Thank you, everyone, who was on the podcast today, and we'll see you next time. See ya. Later. Later.